Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now yo yo it's time to talk that sports talk with cooper and big man Tackle this beat, don't ever count us out, cause we always kicking out. We go raw for the people and put the smack down on the street. New desperados in town, we going all elite. Mess around, got a triple double on them. Sucker like OG slam ducking on them. We got what you want, we got what you need. We bring them in heat. You wanna talk this and that, but we want that Hall of Fame set. You always see us swinging for the fences. So watch out ladies and gents cause we hit the last strategy section And you know we gonna keep you guessing Tag teaming on these haters, sending up blessings We gonna keep praying for you cause you know that old saying Don't hate the player, hate the game See that's the thing that separates us We're on that road to greatness And there ain't no stopping us We them go-getters and we gonna go get it Shutting it down like a no-hitter With three balls and two strikes Two away We throwing that splitter You never seen it coming Something like an arcade Whoa We gonna keep the crowd jumping And if you ain't down with that We got four words for you Cause it's Sports Talk With Cooper and Big Man That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man is back. This is Big Man Koopa. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? It's been a long day for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's been a long week, dude. Yeah, yep. Um, as you may have heard by now, Joe Biden has been officially named President of the United States. For some of us, that's yeesh. For others, that's like, yay. So, 
We're not going to get political. We're just going to jump right into some Saturday Night Wrestling Talk. Are you ready, brother? Let's do this. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. And I just screwed myself up out of that right off the bat. Booyah! Accidentally hit back on my phone. Let's try that again, shall we? Here we go. First up, we have Jeff Hardy versus Elias in a guitar on a pole match won by Jeff Hardy. Koopa, give me an analysis on this match. Yeah, man, this this was a pretty good match. They they were all over the place and just finally at the end of it, you know, uh, Jeff comes up, gets on top of the the uh, thing, pulls the guitar down, mm-hmm. and full on smacks him in the back with it. It looked like it hurt too, man. So, and man, it sounded like it was a pain. All right, man, we're gonna move on. We had the tag team champions Nia Jackson. Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rose and who was it? Who was the other one? And Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. There we go. My bad. All right, man. Uh, the women's tag team champions retain their title and also prove that they are the leader of the Ross women's team for Survivor Series. Yeah, they they pretty much dominated. I mean, man, they weren't. It wasn't too hard of a match for them. I noticed. Uh, mm-hmm. They are two powerhouses. You got to give it to Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, though. They are good. They're good, man. They just did not, not good enough, man. Not good enough. Right. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Next up on the docket, we had the Almighty Bobby Lashley in a match versus twenty-four-seven champion. Forgot he's also United States champion, but against twenty-four-seven champ R Truth. Koopa. Unfortunately, we didn't get this match on uh, your replay. So basically, what happened was our uh, truth bit off a little more than he can chew by trying to challenge the Almighty Bobby Lashley to a match. Got himself into a uh, full Nelson. Gets knocked out. Drew Gulak came charging actually to try to help our truth. Bobby Lashley also gave him <laughs> a full Nelson. Passing him out and then dragging Drew Gulak over to um, R-Truth, which, as we all know, 24-7 title is on the line, 24-7, just like the former Hardcore title was back when WWE had that. Drew Gulak gets in 1-2-3 as both competitors were passed out. Yeah, this this uh, 24-7 championship has really turned into quite the bit of a joke. Um, I really enjoyed the hardcore title mm-hmm. because it had more prestige to it, and you know, they're they're just it's just it makes no sense this twenty four seven thing. Yeah, um, it just seemed like now and it's keep it's staying pretty much with one guy and keep going back and forth between like maybe one or two guys, and it's like All right. It just doesn't really, it's not, I think it's creativity with it is why it's not doing so well. Right. I think when it first appeared, it was a big pop for fans. They're like, oh, well, it's kind of like the hardcore title was. Yeah, and being that Mick fully brought the title out. Yeah. And presented it and all that. I mean, I thought it was going to be cool too, but it's just. It's just old. I am so over this 24-7 title, especially the way, you know, 
R-Truth holds on to it constantly. I mean, yes, he loses it week to week, but he always gets it right back. And it's like... He basically does. That is correct. Um, Yeah, that's just... It seems more like a now a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award for R-Truth. Or basically his participation trophy. Whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> I think that's up he, to you. <laughs> I think he's a very good talent. And I think that, uh, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does in the ring. Right. Because he is very, very talented. I've watched him all the way from when he was in TNA as uh, K-Quick, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's just always had something about him I've always liked. So. Right. All right, man, we're going to move on to a triple threat match that earned a spot on the Raw Men's Survivor Team, for Survivor Series Team. I should say it right. It might be helpful. Braun Strowman took on Keith Lee and Sheamus and came out victorious in this triple threat match. Yeah, at the beginning of the match, um, it was said that, that uh, if Braun Strowman could beat the two of them, then he could actually be on the team. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he pulled it out. Hey, it was, it was crazy, man. At one point, uh, all three of them hit the mat. I was, we're all wondering why the, uh, the ring didn't collapse. All right. Underneath all that weight. And then, uh, at one point too, uh, I think Braun Strowman slammed both of them through the, the barricade too. So. That man is a... I'm saying he's a he's monster, a monster but, among men, dude. But Keith Lee is showing some very, very raw power too. Keith Lee's a he's a whole different kind of animal. Mm-hmm. He's just he's, he's agile for being so big, dude, and just does yeah. things in that ring. Is like what? Right. So. I'm still waiting for the proper reemergence of Sheamus myself. Um, Sheamus has been kind of relegated to mid-card right now. Um, it might be because they're... Well, it's usually a lack of creativity, but also... I don't know. It just seems weird that he's back, but he's not getting the love and recognition that he kind of deserved. Um, especially since, you know, he dealt with an injury that could have possibly cost him his career. But to come back strong like he has is... Well, it's kind of like what they did with Daniel Bryan, too. They... Yeah. You know, they gave him that little push, and then it was done. And they're like, what? Yeah. And then he, then they gave him the push, turned it bad. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was ridiculous. It's just their, their creativity is just off the wall. You never know what they're going to do anymore. So it's kind of like, uh. It always leaves your head, like, you're racking your brains like, what the Right, absolutely. So. Alright man, we're going to move on to uh, our... I'm thinking we're going to have a new segment coming up here soon. We're going to start uh, calling it uh, Who Loves to Beat Up Lana? <laughs> because yeah, this right. poor chick is now just getting hammered. But she took on Nia Jax and of course this was not even a match. Nope, it wasn't. It was... Uh... In fact, I think it's at one point I just quit watching because I was like, oh, God. Yeah, this is one of those matches I'm surprised actually didn't fall by the wayside. Um, but obviously, it seems to be a top story, so they didn't let it fall by the wayside. Yeah. On, since you watched it, the shorter... On Hulu. On Hulu, mm-hmm. on the shorter version. Um, it must be for the fact, simple fact that the storyline is relevant so much for the upcoming pay-per-view that they kept it going. Whereas the Bobby Lashley, R-Truth... Drew Grulock saga match really wasn't 
it was more of a one shot off yeah kind of a match all right man we had a uh, cedric alexander and shelton benjamin take on the new day in a non-title match what is your analysis on this one's good sir yeah man it was a good match uh back and forth but uh you know, the New Day, the New Day got it, didn't it? And they pulled it off, so. No, actually, that's still, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin defeated the New Day in the non-title match. Did. Yes, sir. Oh, man, I'm sorry, guys, it's been a long week, I'm very <laughs> tired. So they won. Yep, so uh, Alexander uh, hit with a neuralizer, and uh, Shelton Benjamin followed with a pay dirt and a flawless display of teamwork for the win. Oh, well, looks like they'd won fair and square. That's kind of setting them up to be. I, I think they were getting ready to set them guys up to be uh, tag team contenders anyway. So it yeah. is what it is. The Hurt Business uh, ended the night undefeated with that uh, yeah. tag team match. All right, man. We have Ricochet defeating Tucker. What you got? Now, this I can't give you because I don't. There was a point during Raw where I totally just stopped watching, bro. <laughs> and this is and, probably and one let, of those let, let me tell everyone why, okay? <laughs> I am very irritated with WWE right now. And it's nothing against... Uh, I don't even know what to say. The whole crap with us supposed to be on Raw and then... With the Thunderdome, yeah. With the Thunderdome and then not getting the emails and just... And then having no way to contact them and be like, hey, what the hell, you know? Right. I mean, they didn't really leave it... You know, you figure if you're already registered, you go to log in and it just puts you right where you need to go or at least somebody where you can talk to to say, hey, I, I can't get on. What's going on with this? Mm-hmm. But they, you know, it didn't. And it screwed up my whole week, dude. I was just irritated. Right. And tell you the truth, I really didn't watch for all much. I watched a couple matches and then called it good. Yeah. That's understandable. All right, man, next up, and well, it's actually the last match that we have on the card. Drew McIntyre defeating The Miz and John Morrison in a one-on-two handicap match. Now this, this, this is fun because Drew McIntyre is, he goes in there and he slaughters, dude. Dude, this guy is on a rampage since losing to Randy Orton at Hell in a Cell. It's unbelievable. You almost think the the storyline is just between him and The Miz and Morrison because... For the past two weeks, they've been... That's all it's been, really. Yeah, I mean, and plus we still have this weird love square. It used to be called Triangles, people, but we have have four corners to watch out for as uh, three competitors are, are uh, salivating over a chance to take on Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton will not be defending his title, though, at, survival's, at survival, <laughs> Survivor Series as it is going to be a champion versus champion match. So he will be... Which, I really love this. I really love this, because mm-hmm. it always solidifies what brand is better. Right, when you have your each champion yeah. that's at the same level going against each other. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, the only thing I think would make this a little bit more intriguing is possibly um, getting us a second set of tag team champs for the women's division. So that way you can have that match as well, other than just the tag women 
Tag yeah, Champs running. I feel a bad brand. for them because they run three brands, dude. They they go to Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Yeah. So. And also to point out too, um, as not uh, unlike last year, NXT will not be partaking in Survivor Series. It'll be just the two brands going against each other. Huh. Hmm. I think a little uh, people were a little upset last year um, when they let NXT kind of roll <laughs> on everybody. Yeah, and to, to be truthfully honest, I don't care what anybody says about NXT mm-hmm. without Finn Balor there, without Adam Cole there. Sorry. All right. All right, man. Um, to finish the night out, though, even though he dominated in that one-on-two handicap match, it was the Viper with the last word as he hit McIntyre with an RKO to end the night. So yeah, watch watch out for that dude. It's out of nowhere, man. It's always out of nowhere. The RK whoa. <laughs> All right, man. Are you ready to move on to some AEW Dynamite? Let's do this, man. Absolutely. Here we go. All right. First up, we had the Inner Circles Ortiz and the Spanish God Sammy Guevara versus MJF and Wardlow. Let me get down to the result. Uh, looks like MJF and Wardlow picked up the victory when uh, MJF finished off Ortiz with the Salt of the Earth armbar. In which, also after the match, MJF charged Chris Jericho at the broadcast booth, knocking him to the ground with a solid shot. Hmm. So, there you go. You knew that you know those two would collide eventually because they're they're pretty much one and the same. MJF and Chris with, Jericho with the way their characters are and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's just actually they do take um battle. They did take battle tonight on a uh, full gear. Though we'll give you those results on next week's podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't doubt they probably beat the hell out of each other. Alright, man. Next up, making his singles debut in AEW, the best man, Miro, with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, took on Trent, who had Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy on his side. Let's see, let's see. Looking for the finish. And for those of you that don't know, Miro is Rusev. Yes, formerly known as Rusev from a uh, WWE. Uh, Trent went to jump off a top rope to, with a springboard, but Miro blasted him with a kick, and it was game over. The Machka kick. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's calling it now, but there you go. Uh, Miro grabbed the microphone and insulted Trent's mother again, This, but this time Orange Cassidy dropped from the top rope and crashed onto Miro and Kip Sabian. Let's see here. Don't be talking about nobody's mamas, damn it. No, 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 no. We do not want to <laughs> be doing that at all. All right. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, took on a private party. Proof is Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, who along with had Matt Hardy. Who also, by the way, uh, did do a quote-unquote interference in the beginning tag match between MJF Wardlow and Sammy Guevara and Ortiz, he actually 
dressed as they said uh who they say dressed as Seren uh, uh, Serpentino oh sorry Serpentico and it turned out to be Matt Hardy in disguise mm. uh, as their rivalry between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy seemed to be still smoldering hot despite uh, a victory I believe it was for Matt Hardy the last time those two faced well, I think it's cool that, that Matt's over there making waves and mm-hmm. you know and uh can't wait for uh, Jeff to meet him over there, and hopefully uh, we'll see some Brother Nero and uh, Broken Matt Hardy stuff again. All right, the <clears throat> Young Bucks ended up winning that match uh, after they employed the BTE trigger on Mark Quinn, and they got the pinfall on the match. I'll tell you what, them Young Bucks, dude, and even the it, it's the Party Express, right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, these two tag teams, they're fire, dude. They are just... Oh, uh, private party, sorry. Private party, yeah. They're, they're good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, I've, I've watched plenty of their matches. Um, uh, like I said, I still need to get ca- caught up on AEW. I don't know, man. I just... This whole week, my, my week's been screwed up with all that, so... Mm-hmm. Alright, next up we had the Native Beast, Nyla Rose, with Vicky Guerrero taking on Red Velvet, who had Brandy Rhodes on her side. Uh, Nyla finished off Red Velvet with a running knee strike, taking a page out of Hakiro Shida's uh, playbook. Think she's trying to uh, send a message? I believe so. A little bit of a message that uh, for their matchup that happened tonight at Full Gear. All right, man. And then it was time for the main event. You had the TNT champion, the American Nightmare, Cody, with Arn Anderson and the Gun Club, Billy and Austin Gunn, in their debut in the Nightmare family, versus the Dark Order, which featured Colt Cabana, John Four Silver, and Ten. This is so much fun. These are the kind of matches that I actually like. Is these big uh, multi uh, wrestler ones that they usually end the night on? Um, oh yeah, because this is something always big happens. Yeah, and it, what I what I do appreciate about AEW is you get to that point in the match where you're like, "There's the pinfall!" Boom! No, it's not. Okay, there's the pinfall! Boom! There's not. It, it's so much excitement at the end. It's just like. When's this pinfall going to happen? I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> That's one thing I've loved about AEW is they are very just energetic and keep you hyped and mm-hmm. and uh, reminds me a lot of you know like the uh, the independence in that way. All right. Um, and one thing, of course, I also appreciate is their ability to have a father son combination. Um, rolling around in AEW in Billy and Austin Gunn. Yes, and the fact that we got to see Austin Gunn last summer. Yes, that was fantastic. He is, he is quite the talent, dude. And I think that day, too, that we watched him, didn't he announce he was going to Ring of Honor? He did, actually, yes. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good talent. And to see him and his dad together, that's 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 pretty damn cool, dude. Right, absolutely. I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean, to think about it, at some point, I don't know when AEW, at some point AEW 
as long as they stay in business, we'll have a Hall of Fame. Or if he ends up jumping ship and going to WWE, Austin's got enough talent where he could end up being a Hall of Famer. And, and to say we saw him before he made it to that level, yeah, that's 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 quite the uh, um, you know tick on our own belt for real, dude. I mean, of course, it was an honor to see NWO Hall of the Hall of Famers NWO. We got to see but, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, but to see young talent like that, and now he's thriving the way he is. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, that's... And you and I both looked at each other. When we saw this kid, and we're like, dude, this kid's got something, man. Because mm-hmm. he was just... he was. It was like he's a veteran in the ring, man. He knows what he's doing. He's great. Speaking of which, Austin did pick up the pin all over 10. After uh, a crossroads and the quick draw. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Are you ready to move on to Friday Night Smackdown? Let's do it, dude. Friday Night Smackdown. Who likes a little Friday Night Smackdown? This guy does over here. <laughs> Wait, who was I pointing at, though? Until, well, you were going to do it because you whispered it, but I was just saying. Alright, man. First off, we had Sasha Banks defeating Bayley in a SmackDown Women's Championship match. Koopa. So, she's pretty much solidifying that she is the champion. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. But something happened with that also, I believe. I believe she was walking her way up to the ramp or something or something in the middle of... And Carmella came out. Yep, despite her victory, Banks had little time to celebrate as she was making her exit. A returning Carmella suddenly unleashed a ruthless sneak attack on the worn torn title holder. Yeah, and did her um, did her finishing move to her right there on the ramp, dude, or right there at the stage, and that was that was pretty brutal looking. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, man, next up we had a qualifying match for Survivor Series, King Corbin versus Rey Mysterio, and unfortunately, Ray Ray did not win. The hell you got freaking Rey Mysterio losing to King Corbin? What the... I'm just... I'm not going to touch this. It's going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was due to the fact that Rollins came out and attacked Dominic. Murphy and Alea emerged to try and help the situation. The commotion distracted Ray, and Corbin was able to hit his end of days to punch his own ticket to Survivor Series. That's still bullshit. So it sounds like this is about to come headway at Survivor, Survivor Series, Series as well. This is bullshit. Yep. All right, man, we had another qualifying match, but this time for the women's side, and a triple threat on top of that. Ruby Riot taking on Selena Vega and Natalia. Ruby Riot taking home the match victory and getting her spot on the SmackDown women's roster. Yeah, man, well, I like to be right. I, I think that she is a very good talent, and I think her being with the Riot Squad that kind of squandered her solo's career there for a while, mm-hmm. and I think that she's she's ready. She's ready to be at that top notch. Absolutely. Um, this is starting to look like we might have a... Uh, Survivor Series match without the Queen of Hearts, Natalia. This isn't looking good for. Yeah, man, I don't get it, dude. I don't either. Um, Selena Vega, I don't think is quite there, ready to be part of something like that. Um, though she's 
Tad shown some ability. She does have talent. That's true. Yes, but, but she still got some. I think she still needs to earn her stripes. And not having someone like Natalia on your team, though, it seems a little bit kind of like, oof. I mean, I know Natalia's not. Her lineage just it, it speaks for itself. That's why I'm like, what the what the hell's going on there? Yeah. All right, man. Another maybe something behind the scenes. I don't know. Maybe another uh, qualifying match back on the man side. Uh, speaking of the man who is now going by the well, he was the Friday uh, Monday Night Messiah. Now he's the Friday Night Messiah. Though someone said that he was going to change it to Friday Savior, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Seth Rollins took on Otis, defeating him. I am not happy about what they've done to Otis. I'm not happy about what they've done to Otis. I'm not happy about what they're doing with Seth Rollins. Yeah, this needs Uh, to change. This uh, savior bullshit. (laughs) And I don't care if WWE hears it. I don't care who hears it. I think it's bullshit. It's blasphemy. And get get rid of it. Go back to the man, dude. Because... Or Friday Night Rollins. I don't care. Right. I mean, or yeah, you can just go back home to the man. Yeah, there you go. Take care of your prego wife. <laughs> Was that a cheap shot? A little bit. Yeah. But, but you know, whatever. It is what Spe- it is. Especially when, he, when he's the character that he's at right now. And it's like, right. I can't stick up for you, dude. I, I love his talent. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a very, you know, just, I think that he, when he used to say, I am the future of this business, I, I believed him. Mm-hmm. And just watching him do what he's doing now, it's just like, what is this? It's a revolving door of shit. Mm-hmm. Just playing. And I'm just like, I'm tired of this. You know, I really do hope they bring somebody like CM Punk back. And you see Seth Rollins versus CM Punk or... You know, whatever, because he's just, he's kind of floating like some other, some of the other superstars out there. Right. All right, man. And finally, to end the night, we had Jay Uso taking on Kevin Owens. This match was prompted because Roman Reigns believed Kevin Owens disrespected Jay Uso, and then by extension, the entire family for being disrespectful. Therefore, the big dog ordered his cousin to handle the situation in a one-on-one match against Kevin Owens. Unfortunately, Kevin Owens was kind of in control of that match for a little bit, and Roman Reigns didn't like it, so he sent Paul Heyman out to ringside uh, to boost Uso's aggression, which it promptly did. Um, Though the match still wasn't going in the favor Roman wanted it to, he would have his entrance music blare across out the Thunderdome, leading to a bit of a distraction for KO, and Uso took advantage with a nefarious low blow, and then, of course... The Uso splash off the top rope. I will say this is the best storyline that WWE has going right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see how far it goes. Um, if they're going to have a faction name or if they're just going to pretty much make Jay his hem- henchman or whatever they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, and what's great is is they still got Just Jimmy. Just don't fucking squander it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's let's make something cool with this. I mean, finally you got Roman on the top. What do you want him? He's finally the bad guy again. 
let's make this faction evil. Let's let's make everybody hate them, okay? Right. Because you know what? The more heat you have, the better off you are. Right. And what's good for them, though, is they still have to do a Jimmy recruitment. So that's going to keep the storyline fresh. Um, you know, obviously, Roman's going to probably have to have Jay take on Jimmy. Um, whoever wins that match will end up forcing either Jimmy to re- relent and come join the family or possibly be exiled from the family. It's going to be a great mess. Oh, yeah. um, a great storyline potential. And, as people are hoping, depending on his availability, the COVID pandemic, and also whether or not a movie is going to want his insurance policy for it, could lead to a possible match at WrestleMania with The Rock. Dude, that would be badass. Roman Reigns taking on The Rock. Yes. Um, That's rumored right now. That's WWE is trying to set up for. Um... And like you said, that would be a great match. Um, and obviously, it will help tie the story even more together because yeah, that is all family. family. It is all family, yep. yeah. So this this could be an interesting um, interesting 2021 as we start gearing towards uh, the road to WrestleMania, uh, which officially, as we all know, begins in January. Yep, with the, the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. But a good way to close out the year is always one of my favorite pay-per-views is Survivor Series. I actually really enjoy this pay-per-view. Um, I Who didn't... doesn't, man? Survivor Series is freaking amazing. I, yeah. mean, I mean, we we got The Undertaker to debut you know, Survivor Series. In fact, this year marks 30 years, dude. Absolutely. 30 years of the dead man, bro. That's that's awesome. It is. So, it's, it's a, and it's uh, read some interesting facts about him. Uh, makes him even more mysterious and mystique. It's been a great ride for him for 30 years. Um, unfortunately, what I would have liked to have seen happen for him to go out uh, on at Survivor Series would have been a lot better to me, honestly. But at the same time, because of the pandemic, obviously you're not going to get that availability that for it. Maybe we could try again next year. I doubt it though, because it's going to be kind of. It was basically needed to be done this year. Yeah. Is what my thought was him winning the Universal Championship, giving him a title reign. I mean, could you do it for you did it for Lesnar? You could do it for the Undertaker, basically where he doesn't even really show up again, and t- at, from WrestleMania to Survivor Series, and then basically let him win and end it out and walk out and walk out as champ, piecing out after thirty years. Yep, that would be awesome. That would have been awesome, but unfortunately, we're not getting that. Nope, we're not. Um, I've probably the pandemic had a little bit to do with that, but I mean, that's just a story that I I think honestly, I know we're kind of running this a little bit longer over this little raid I got. It's one of those things where what he has done for the WWE, especially not jumping ship when you know he could have. Oh yeah, he earned that right to go out that way now he felt as if you watched the uh, last ride documentary on him he felt that the way he went out at wrestlemania is his best going out that he could have possibly foreseen but um for me being one of the few wrestlers that tell the wwe uh world heavyweight 
the WWE World Heavyweight Championship when they combine the championships back up and then holding the Universal Championship, I think would have been extremely um, a high regard and a great way to end his career. Oh, yeah, definitely, man, because, I mean, nobody can say they did all of that. No. So, yeah. So, could someone eventually say that? Possibly. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. I believe that distinction distinction could only really go right now for Randy Orton. Yeah. Uh, but then he would have to go back to SmackDown. <laughs> Which yeah. ain't happening. He, Raw is not giving him up. So, he's really the only one that's left that could do it. And I believe, actually, Cena could do it if he... Came back and had a title run, which I don't see happening. I think Cena likes Cena's basically now pretty much taken on the Undertaker role now. Is he'll basically just kind of show up around the time we start getting clicking to WrestleMania. I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, Cena's just. I think he's just into his movies now, and mm-hmm. I mean, hey, who could blame the guy? He's he's talented. Yeah. Uh, I will give him a little bit credit. I think he did this more appropriately because he already knew he wasn't in his prime anymore. Where The Rock kind of left, where he still had a lot of prime left. Yeah. So I think that's where fans are okay with this more than they were with The Rock because it seemed like The Rock had years of prime left. We're seeing his years of prime are pretty much down to nil. Um, as to here, he's now just been kind of taking on a movie career. Yeah, and uh, you know... He'd... The, the way he looks anymore doesn't really... Oh my god, he looks like a short roided out JBL. It doesn't work for him, man. Or yeah. a or a roided out Ernest. Ernest, yes. <laughs> May Jim Varney rest in peace. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically... Yeah. But anyways, alright man, I think we need to wrap this up because we're kind of running along on my blabbering. So. Yes, yeah, so let's do this, bro. All right, man. Um, it was a good one. We'll be back tomorrow with Sunday baseball and basketball talk as we preview the off season. For uh, we'll take on the uh, American East, American League East. Let's say it right, and then the uh, NBA Atlantic Division in the NBA, and let you know what teams need to do to either be title contenders in the very near future or start building for the future. And eventually become title contenders. Yeah, and really, I mean, uh, it'll be later today. So we're, we're yeah, technically of, it'll be later we're today. Run, we're running late on this, so you know. Yeah, but I got my research ready for you guys. I got some good stuff, and I also will also have for you another trivia question, which I will be working on tomorrow before we do the podcast. Sounds good. All right, man. All right, everybody, we're signing out. Don't forget, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.